Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. Aha, and welcome to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I'm Donnie Cage. Woo-woo-woo, Mr. Cage in the house. How's it going, sir? If I don't got it, get it. If I don't get it, figure it out. All righty then. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, different, but yeah. So go get it, folks. Go get it. Also. If this is your first time listening, go get that subscribe button or notification button. That way you know every time a new episode does come up, we are on 73 different audio platforms, including iHeartRadio, Pandora, Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the list goes on. Also, Mr. Cage, co-host another podcast. Tell them about Uncaged Voice, sir. Yes, we are available on our official YouTube channel. It's myself, Jigsaw Jester, and Top Tier Rated, talking about pop culture, gaming, entertainment, movies, all sorts of fun topics. So check it out. And if you're into current events, politics, news, uh, interesting interviews, I do host the Red Pill Current News Podcast. We do drop two episodes there every week. Well, almost every week. And uh, also, if you'd like to be a guest on this show, you can always email Donnie or myself, or if you have any questions, at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. Kentucky spelled out, 99 at yahoo.com. That reminded me of something. Hold on one second. Sorry. Tabitha Cooley. Happy 21st birthday. Wow, that's a big one. Happy 21st birthday uh, from us here at Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. One of our faithful listeners, your mom spilled the beans on you. So happy 21st birthday. All right, folks. So uh, let's see here. Also, if you ever want to check out our merch, any of our merchandise, our social uh, social media links, and what have you, we will. We do have that in the description below. All right. And if this is your first time joining, what we talk about is pro wrestling. Past, present, and future. And right now, we're going to do something we've never done before. Never, ever. Never done before. And that is, because we've never been able to do it before, we're going to start this episode with Collision, AEW Collision Results. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Here we go. So, unsurprisingly, the debut episode of Collision opened with none other than the punk. Uh, he comes to the ring, 
And of course, you have to keep in mind, this premiere episode of Collision is in Chicago, his hometown. So he got a massive pop when he came to the ring. Immediately said he was tired of being nice. Whatever. He said he loves the crowd because they loved him for being who he is. Yeah, only in only, only in Chicago. We've read your reports, by the way, that says he has not helped or increased ticket sales in any other city. <laughs> so, And every time you have a homecoming for a wrestler or superstar... In any sport, it's always going to sell more tickets. They're going to be the, they're going to be the MVP of the show. So, anyways, he got on air. He said some stuff. What I, he threw some jabs at the Young Bucks and the Elite, and Adam Page. By the way, he did an ESPN interview. If you haven't had a chance to watch that yet, before, before the show, yeah, he took some major jabs at Adam Page during that. I think it was uncalled for. I think you don't get out of hot water and then jump into boiling water just because, just because you feel you have your boss wrapped around your finger and that boss is not the main decider anymore. Remember, you have a whole board at Warner Brothers now that are uh, right there and they make major decisions on AEW, Warner Brothers Discovery. So, yeah. I just, I, I, you know, uh, the good thing is I was always seen of him besides the main event. So I will watch Collision again as long as he doesn't keep coming out there every other every other segment and running his jaw. I'm going to watch the show because they had some decent matches. Uh, your thoughts on the opening segment? I'm not surprised. I mean, he was heavily promoted as being a part of it. Uh, it almost sounded for a while, and hopefully this won't be the case going forward, but it almost sounded like the show was going to be built around CM Punk. And, you know, look, he hasn't been on television in quite a while. He came out, he delivered a fiery promo. We all know he can talk. There's no question about it. We all knew he was going to have the Chicago crowd eating out of the palm of his hand. What's going to really be interesting now is when he comes out and cuts promos in other towns. How are they going to react to him? We don't know yet. I'm going to be interested in seeing what happens. But, uh, I mean, I know we're going to discuss the results in a little bit more detail, Kentucky guy. But I will say, I think they did a good job with the debut episode of AEW Collision overall. I have to say, it beat it, it definitely beat Dynamite this week. And I really, uh, well, I mean, they're on the result board for this show. And you guys know if the show stinks, we don't do results. We used to do Rampage results, and we haven't done them in forever and it's because they all suck. So, But, uh, yeah, let's get into a match here. Uh, interesting match and kind of shocking to me. We had Wardlow, and he defended his uh, TNT championship against Luchasaurus. Now, if you don't know who Luchasaurus is, he used to be tag team partners with Jungle Boy. The big freak with the mask and thinks he's a dinosaur or what have you that runs around with Christian Cage now. And this was for the TNT Championship and your winner and new TNT Champion, Luchasaurus. However, if you watch that match after you won, you would thought that Christian Cage somehow was involved and he won the title. 
the way he was holding it up and getting up on top of <laughs> top of Luchasaurus' uh, shoulders and everything. This shocked me. I did not see Wardlow putting Luchasaurus. Or, I mean, I thought Luchasaurus was on his way out. That shows you how illegitimate the CNT championship title has become since Mirlo had it. Your thoughts on that match? I'm honestly not happy with the end result, Kentucky guy, but this is my caveat. Had Christian Cage been the one wrestling Wardlow, if these two were once again facing off against each other for the TNT title, just like they did a double or nothing in the latter match, and if Christian had won this match, I would have been okay with it because I'm a big Christian Cage fan, and but this made no sense having Wardlow put Luchasaurus over. I mean, Luchasaurus is fine in small doses when he's in a tag team, but uh, I don't see this lasting that long. I see either Wardlow winning the belt back in the near future or someone else winning it. Would have just made way more sense to just give the belt, actually give the belt, not just have him pose with it, but give the belt to Christian Cage. Captain Charisma, man, the instant classic. He deserves it. Well, hey, you know, Christian Cage is an actual athlete. He can do more than three moves, so... I'm okay with that, too. I'd love to see him with the title. I think this is going to set up to be... I don't think Luchasaurus will have the belt long. Here's how I think it'll play out. I think Luchasaurus is going to get sick of Christian Cage posing with the belt, acting like it's his belt, and blah, blah, blah. He's going to turn on Christian Cage. They're going to fight for the title. And Christian Cage is going to eventually win the title from Luchasaurus. The reason why I say this is because Warlow, how many times are you going to win this belt, lose this belt, win it, lose it, win it, lose it? He's got to move on, man. He's got to go somewhere else in another title or something because he, he's got to move on because he is, wow. What is this, like his third or fourth time losing this belt? It's crazy. Next match, and this match here I thought stole the show. going to be honest with you. I liked it better. Better, much better than the actual main event. And this was Buddy Matthews from the House of Black. Uh, faced Andrade. Andrade back on tele- television for AEW. They had an, there was all kinds of awesome moves. Uh, especially during the second half of the match. Uh, before Andrade actually won. Andrade was your winner. And he won... I thought he was going to win the match with the figure four, but no, 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 no. Just like Charlotte Flair, baby, he put on the figure eight, and I thought that was awesome. I thought that was great. At the end of the match, after Andrade won fair and square, he did offer his hand to Buddy Matthews because that was a heck of a match, and they should have shook on it, but it didn't happen. The lights went out. When it came back on, Brody King and Malachi Black were in the ring. So, yeah, and then they attacked uh, Andrade. Look, I think this is not only this does this match still the show, but I think it sets up a potential trios, uh, faction versus faction match, maybe even for the titles, with the House of Black versus LFI. So, on every level, I have nothing but positive things to say about this match. I really enjoyed it, and like I said, in my opinion, it stole the show. Your thoughts, sir? Oh, I couldn't agree more. This was amazing. There was amazing selling by both wrestlers. I mean, Andrade was selling his shoulder. Um, Buddy Matthews was selling the knee. 
lots of false finishes in this match. It was great. And, yeah, you know, Buddy Matthews was actually trying to use Rhea Ripley, his real-life girlfriend's uh, submission move for the victory. Andrade, like you said, turned the tables on him and locked in the figure eight and won the match. And clearly they're setting up for a trios feud in the future, which I am there for. But, yeah, this was... I honestly think this was match of the night, Kentucky guy. I agree. Yeah, and I tell you, I hope I heard that Rush's uh, contract is is uh, getting ready to expire. I hope that's, and I heard that he's looking heavily at WWE. I hope that's not the case real time soon. Don't get me wrong. I want to see him on WWE. But could you imagine Andrade Rush in the same ring versus Brody King and Buddy Ma- uh, Buddy Matthews. Wow. Wow. What a match. Okay, so we then we had the return of the Redeemer. Miro. And he faced Tony Nese. I, enjoy, I always enjoyed watching uh, Miro. Enjoyed him on the WWE. Enjoyed him when he first came to AEW. And I think he would I think he's gotten better. If that makes any sense, I think he's gotten better uh, since he's been off in television. Or maybe I'm just like uh, Tony Khan and forgot how good he was because he was phenomenal. He owned, and Tony Nese is no slouch. Yes, I know he's got that manager that's a loud mouth and takes away from his actual potential, but he is really a great athlete and a tremendous wrestler. If you don't believe me, go watch some of his independent stuff because it's just, it's awesome. But Miro owned him throughout the match easily, and that just shows the dominance and how great Miro is. So I enjoyed this match as well. Your thoughts? Yeah, great to see Miro back on TV. Hopefully he's going to be booked well now because I haven't been happy with the way he's been booked in AEW. I'm not going to lie. The fact that he's been off TV for as long as he has just astounds me and not in a good way so hopefully tony khan and the creative team are going to rectify that issue now and they're going to put the spotlight on miro where it belongs you know and they could have fixed this problem with miro uh with andrade they could have fixed this if they would have took our advice and added another hour to rampage they could have fixed all these wrestlers not being on television instead of doing a whole new show but if they're going to pack the show like this, Rampage isn't going to last, so they're going to get off Friday nights, and which probably SmackDown kills them anyways. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm okay with Collision. Next match was the Outcasts versus Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale. The Outcasts, when I say that, it's uh, Tony Storm and uh, uh, not Sarah, but the uh, Ruby, whatever her name Ruby, is, Solo. Ruby. Yeah, Ruby Soho. And uh, so, but your winners, Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale. So that kind of surprised me. That was, I wasn't really involved in that match uh, or really, I, I really didn't care. But anyways, let's get to the main event. Then I'll uh, let you talk about both of them. The main event was CM Punk teaming with FTR, the current AEW World Tag Team Champions, versus Jay White, Juice Robertson, and Samoa Joe, I thought this was a good match. I thought I thought this was definitely a main event type match. 
The only thing is, is that Buddy Matthews, <laughs> Buddy Matthews and Andre match, uh, those boys outworked them. They had something to prove. But this was still a decent match. And finally, we got Samoa Joe. Now, I am down for this. Samoa Joe finally got in the ring, and he did a stare down with CM Punk. And if you could tell, if you, if you were paying attention, the whole crowd seemed like they were on their feet. They want this. I want to see this, too. I am not a CM Punk fan, but Samoa Joe and CM Punk in Ring of Honor had some of the best matches Ring of Honor in Ring of Honor television to date. And so they did talk a little bit of trash to each other before locking up. I want to see this match. I want to see this match for Joe's title. But your winners were CM Punk and FTR, but they didn't win it easily. Jay White and Juice Robertson, of course, the Bullet Club glowed. They come to play as well. And I thought they did a great job, but I really, I like this match. I, I did. I didn't think I would because CM Punk was in it, but it was okay. But I really want to see some old Joe slam CM Punk through the ring, man. I want to see him just tear him limb for limb. Uh, your thoughts on those matches? Yeah, I mean, the women's match was, uh, I wasn't too invested in it, unfortunately, Kentucky guy. I mean, Sky Blue and Will Nightingale get a much-needed victory here. They get a little bit of retribution against the outcasts, but not a whole lot going on beneath the surface there, just more of the same. I was there for the main event. Uh, all six guys put a lot of great effort into it, sent the crowd home happy, and I agree with you, Kentucky guy. We haven't seen Samoa Joe and CM Punk feud in a very long time, and they had some great matches in Ring of Honor back in the day, so... If they can recapture just a small bit of that chemistry they had in Ring of Honor, we're, we the fans are in, in for a treat. Hopefully that'll happen. Yes, I agree. Now, before, uh, and that was the uh, collision. So, and I think we both commented what we thought about the show entirety. Uh, yeah, it was a good show. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it this Saturday, to be honest with you, and see what they do if they can keep up this momentum. Because we all know that usually the first show, the pilot show on a wrestling program is usually phenomenal and the deck is stacked. So the second, third, really the third and fourth show is going to tell you what the show is going to be like going forward. So it'll be interesting to see. So I'm going to do uh, one part of the raw results, just the first thing. And then I'm going to have you, sir, do your first headline because that kind of goes along with it. So, on the Raw results, we had, uh, at the beginning, Seth Rollins walked to the top of the, uh, out at the top of the show, ready to issue his open challenge for his World Heavyweight Championship, but before he could even make it to the ring, he was attacked by none other than Finn Balor. Finn Balor hit the Coupe de Gras three times in this attack. By the way, if you didn't watch NXT last night, he did the same thing after Chef Rollins Seth Rollins defeated uh, uh, the Steiner guy. Yeah, uh, he attacked him after the match Bron once again. Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker, yeah. He's a Steiner. I don't know why he's got that stupid name. Anyways, and by the way, Braun Breaker is looking. He might have lost that match last night, but he's looking pretty good in the ring. He's shaping up. Uh, but anyways, he had three uh, 
three coups de grace, and as Rollins was backstage, he attacked uh, Baylor, attacked him again, later explaining that there was no open challenge because he wanted to be the man to take the belt off Rollins at Money in the Bank. Now, after Baylor explained his motivations, his fellow Judgment Day members also spoke with Damian Priest vowing to win the Money in the Bank ladder match and Dominique Mysterio challenging Cody Rhodes to find two men to team with him against Judgment Day later in the night. Rhodes accepted the challenge from his Money in the Bank opponent later in the evening. We also had Rhea Ripley. We had a rematch from Night of Champions with Natalia, and she did a beatdown. She beat a, I mean, an absolute beatdown to send a message to the entire women's division. That match didn't happen. I thought that was great. But, uh, you know, she just showed, and, you know, she owned Natalia. I guess Natalia wanted to redeem herself a little bit because it was such a squash match at Night of Champions, but she didn't do her any favors. <laughs> All right, sir. So, yeah, your first headline kind of goes along with that. Um, but I want you to go ahead and comment on that first, on that first segment. A lot to unpack in the in the first segment. Once again, Judgment Day showing up and being uh, one of the centerpieces of Raw as they continue to be time and time again. Seth Rollins, though, coming out and, you know, getting beaten down but still looking strong as the champion and... I mean, this is what a true champion looks like. Um, Kentucky guy comes out every single week and says, I'm going to put my title up for grabs here. And that's not to take away from Roman Reigns and his, you know, oh, you know, a thousand plus days as champion. But Roman's not there every single week. You have to remember that. Whereas Seth Rollins is. And that, and that certainly says a lot. Um, and then Rhea Ripley continuing to look as dominant as she is as the uh, women's world champ. Because keep in mind, it's not the Raw Women's title anymore, or the SmackDown Women's title. It's the Women's World Championship. And she's certainly, uh, you know, adding to her um, her reputation as one of the toughest women in in wrestling right now. So uh, there's some good opening segments. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, sir. If you want to, uh, go ahead and, uh, and read your first headline. All right. Vincent Kennedy McMahon made drastic changes to Monday's WWE Raw opening segment plans were nicked. There were various changes made to Monday's episode of WWE Raw, Raw thanks to Vince McMahon. In the show's opening segment, Finn Balor attacked World Heavyweight Champion Seth Rollins, who was supposed to host an open challenge for his title. McMahon made the drastic changes to the show, including the opening segment. Dave Meltzer reported that the original plans called for Rollins to host the challenge in the opening segment. That was the plan, the open challenge. The open challenge was supposed to happen to the last minute. Vince changed the first 30 minutes of the show I heard was totally changed. Vince really wanted this whole Seth Rollins angle with Finn Bauer. I think he just wanted something big. Something bigger for Seth Rollins and Finn Balor because I think it's just to heat up Finn Balor. I mean, again, this wasn't a bad opening segment or anything like that. It puts Finn Balor over and makes him come across as a credible threat to Seth Rollins. But this is my problem. I thought 
Vince McMahon was going to be hands-off on the creative end of the product. We keep hearing that over and over again. Triple H is calling the shots. Vince is just there to do a little bit of uh, consulting. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't sound like that. It sounds like Vince McMahon is still rewriting the show. Sometimes it sounds like he does get involved. Uh, let's be honest. If this is true and he got involved and rewrote the show, I would much... this. The opening of this show was a lot better than any opening challenge would have been. So, but it doesn't seem, it doesn't feel like a Vince McMahon rewrite, though. Does it to you? It doesn't, it doesn't feel as sloppy and, I don't know, it doesn't feel like a Vince McMahon rewrite. And Vince McMahon was never a Finn Balor fan because Finn Balor, he considered him a little guy. So, it, it doesn't, and let, I could see maybe... Vince McMahon and Triple H together rewriting it, but I don't feel like this was all just hands-on Vince McMahon. Your thoughts? Yeah, it's hard to say for sure. I mean, I mean, like I said, this wasn't a bad opening to Raw. Um, it shook things up a little bit. No, it was good. Uh, That's why I don't think it's totally Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? We're, we're used to somebody coming out and cutting a 20-minute long promo in the Vince McMahon days. Um, rarely would you start uh, the show with like a beatdown or a match or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, all right, well maybe Vince did rewrite the opening of the show. If if so, in this case, he didn't do such a bad job. But I just hope that he's not inserting himself into the product more than he needs to. Yeah, and I think uh, you know the new partners they make it painfully clear that he's not no longer a part of creative and i think there's a reason behind that because they know they know that the fans have concerns so you know and by the way he is still the you know he's the major shareholder he's the ceo and what have you and he's still the chairman of the board so you know once in a while in any business i've had to do it too i've had to eat crow a little bit so the guy above me could uh throw his weight around once in a blue moon so you know mm -hmm. As long as it's not all the time and it's once once in a while you know it is what it's business it is what it is so then after this attack on seth rollins by finn balor the miz came out and claimed that he was going to accept rollins open challenge really miz how many times rollins got to beat you open challenge and win actually win the heavyweight championship so instead he issued his own open challenge and who answered the call? Tomasa Ciampa is back. Ha <laughs> ha. He comes back. Him and Miz go at it. Miz is shocked. Of course, because he was with Miz. So I cannot wait to hear the reason for this betrayal. And he actually defeated the Miz with the fairytale ending. Right in the middle of the ring. Pinfall. One, two, three. And I thought Ciampa looked great. I thought he looked great. I thought he was back in his old uh, NXT uh, heyday. I mean, Ciampa, when he came to the main roster, you know, what, Dexter Loomis, he chased him around, and Dexter Loomis was doing this weird thing with, uh, you know, acting like a stalker and what have you. That's just not Ciampa's thing. Just put him out there. Let him go for gold or put him back with Johnny Gargano and let, the, let him go for gold for tag teams. Just let him go. This guy is a major star. And then we had uh, Katrina Chance and Caden Carter versus Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. 
<laughs> yeah, of course, these two, Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville, were your winners. Uh, no, they weren't. They put over these two girls. I didn't even watch the match. Didn't care. But uh, anyways, your thoughts, sir, on those two matches? Great to see Tommaso Ciampa back, and I'm glad he finally broke away from The Miz because I was never a fan of that pairing to begin with. So whether he's pushed as a single star, whether they put him back with Johnny Gargano, like you said, Kentucky guy, I think it's a win-win scenario. He is a great worker and deserves the spotlight. So he's back, and hopefully he gets booked right going forward. You know, women's match uh, was what it was. I can't really knock WWE for pushing Katana Chance and Caden Carter. I mean, uh, Shayna Baszler and... Uh, Ronda Rousey are going to need challengers at some point, and they put on a pretty good showing against them in their debut, so I think it's only a matter of time before we see a rematch, so I'm, I'm totally okay with this match. Yeah, I just, uh, I'm just tired of seeing Chelsea Green lose. And then we had uh, Indus Shear, and that is, uh, you guys know who those are by now, the Maharaji uh, faction. And they finally get, had a match, let the match happen, with the former Hurt Business, Cedric Alexander and Sheldon Benjamin. However, once again, Sheldon Benjamin and uh, Alexander both put these guys over, and they're going to continue to be put over until they face an actual good tag team. And then it's going to be, oh, their first loss, second loss, third loss. I mean, this the story... It's the exact same story as the last faction the guy had. So, I mean, Ginger Mahal, dude, be done. Be done. Logan Paul showed up. They were in Cleveland this week on Raw, and uh, he announced he was given a spot. He was given a spot. Let me rephrase that. He, he announced that he was given. He didn't earn it. He didn't fight for it like everybody else. He was given a spot. And the money in the bank, sort of like who? Austin Theory, the winner last year, was given a spot. He was given a spot in the money in the bank ladder match. Uh, this brought out the other five competitors uh, who all of them, except Logan Paul, had to win a match to qualify and be involved in the money in the bank match. And eventually, it was kind of cool, a brawl did break out. However, they're trying to show... Logan Paul is this extreme wrestler. Don't get me wrong; his showings in the pay per views haven't been bad. I'm not. I'm not saying that. And I, I just, you know, I've said this before. This Money in the Bank roster, even on the women's side, just doesn't impress me. I'm not really looking forward to that. I'm so glad we have a new another main event now. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Because they, the, the people involved just don't impress me. And Logan Paul sitting on top of that ladder holding that briefcase, that I don't want to see I don't want to see that. Nobody wants to see that. It would it would uh you know, Austin Theory didn't go over very well when he won it last year. Logan Paul, surely the God they learned their mistake. Because Logan nobody wants to see that at all. Your thoughts on those two matches or two segments? I have literally no comment on the Indusher Hurt Business match. It, 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 it's just it, it's just a time filler. So nothing to say there, Kentucky guy. Uh, we all know Indusher is going to eventually lose and fall down the card. So there's that. 
I feel bad for Cedric Alexander and Shelton Benjamin because they're both talented. But um, this is where this is what they're stuck doing. They're putting other people over, unfortunately. You know, this is my opinion about being given a spot in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Unless your name is John Cena or Randy Orton or or Steve Austin or The Rock or some other legendary wrestler who has earned your stripes in professional wrestling and has won numerous championships. And just by saying your name, people go automatically, oh yeah, put him in the match. That, then, I, then I could see it happening. But if your name is Logan Paul, where, yeah, you've had a couple of uh, cool, spot, cool showings at uh, pay-per-views, but you haven't won any titles or really earned your way into that match, then who are you to just give him a spot? I'm sorry, but everyone else in that match had to earn their spot in the Money in the Bank ladder in the ladder match, except for this guy, this chump who thinks he's uh, who thinks he's a star because he can perform a couple of cool high flying moves and because he can do the buckshot better than Hangman Page. I'm sorry, but I agree with you, Kentucky guy. Logan Paul better not win the briefcase. Yeah, he he can do the buckshot better. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, it is what it is. I, I'm just. Uh, I don't know why, but he looks better doing it, and I'm not a Hangman Page fan anyways. Uh, then we had Matt Riddle facing one half of Imperium, uh, Ludwig Kaiser. Matt Riddle won the match. Uh, actually, with his move, uh, Bo Derek, Bro Derek, and uh, via pinfall. I didn't see that happening, but yeah. Once again, I don't know. I don't know. That that match it didn't make it. The ending didn't make any sense to me. We had the Viking Raiders versus Alpha Academy, and the Viking Raiders won. What? Yeah, via pinfall, they won the match, and I'm glad they did. And let's get them. Let's. I mean, this feud with Alpha Academy makes zero sense. Zero sense. So please, please. Leave this feud alone, and let's get the Viking Raiders some good opponents. We had a Money in the Bank qualifying match, Trish Stratus versus Raquel Rodriguez. And your winner by disqualification was Trish Stratus because Becky Lynch ran in the match and got Raquel Rodriguez disqualified. So now you have Trish Stratus, Becky Lynch, and Trish Stratus' protege, all in the women's money in the bank. You see the roster there too. Even the female money in the bank. I'm not. I'm not looking forward to it. And then we only had one other match, and I'll go ahead and. Uh, or no, no, no. We had two more. Never mind. Uh, go ahead and comment on those two, sir. Or three. Can I just say that it would have made so much more sense from a storytelling perspective for Raquel Rodriguez to win this match here, and then. With Trish Stratus not being in the match, the Money in the Bank ladder match for the women, she somehow gets involved and screws Becky Lynch out of winning the briefcase. I'm not saying Zoe Stark needs to necessarily be the winner, but Trish Stratus gets involved and somehow screws her out of winning the uh, briefcase. Yep. I don't understand the, the, the need to have Trish Stratus actually win this match. I know Becky Lynch wants to get her hands on her, but... I, 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 the booking of this match doesn't make any sense to me. I, I don't know. Um, anyway, v 
Viking Raiders and Alpha Academy. I'm telling you, the, the, this is like the feud of the year on Raw, and they are going to have a big blow-off match. It's going to be a uh, <laughs> uh, two-team Hell in a Cell extravaganza um, at Money in the Bank. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> why this feud is still going on. Good to see the Viking Raiders get a win on television, but I don't know why this feud is still going on and why we should be invested. Um, yeah, um, zero cent. Yeah, and the last match was again Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle, and yes, Matt Riddle versus Matt Riddle wins the match on television, bro. <laughs> uh, bro, I, I remembered how had a win by pinfall. Um, glad to see Matt Riddle pick up a win. Uh, I stand by what I said. He's not beating Gunther for the Intercontinental Championship, and that's all I have to say. No way. No way. Uh, and then we had Bronson Reed versus Shinsei Nakamura. And if you remember, Shinsei uh, interrupted uh, Ricochet in Bronson's match last week, getting Ricochet disqualified. So they did go one-on-one, -on -one, Bronson Reed and Shinsei Nakamura. Shinsei Nakamura actually defeated Bronson Reed. And you know what? That tells me a big story right there. Maybe, just maybe, they're going to push, start pushing Shinsei Nakamura, and I'm okay with that. I am okay with that. So as I mentioned earlier in the beginning segment, Dominic Mysterio had challenged Cody Rhodes and told him to find partners. Well, he did. And the match ended up being Cody Rhodes, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn versus The Judgment Day, Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, and Damian Priest. And they actually defeated Judgment Day. Okay, so I know your tag team champions always got to look strong. This wasn't a tag team match. This is the dominant faction on Raw. That's what you build them to be, not us. That's what you, WWE, have built these guys to be. You've done a decent job at it. They didn't need this loss. I, this loss doesn't kill them, but they didn't need this loss. They should have had this victory, in my opinion. Your thoughts on those two matches? Always good to see Shinsuke pick up a victory, and I hope you're right, Kentucky guy. I hope he gets the push that he was, he was denied back in 2017, 2018, during his first run on the main roster. Shinsuke's a great talent, and he's not going to be in the industry forever, so you've got to strike while the iron's hot and give him a push. Um, good main event here. Uh, I would have been happy with either team winning. I'm not upset about Cody and uh, Sammy and Kevin getting the win. I, I, I love those guys, so uh, good for them. I mean, come on, Kentucky guy. It, 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 what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Kentucky, uh, um, not Kentucky, um, Judgment Day... Will bounce back. They will get some victories, and this will be this loss will be forgotten about. Yeah. Yep. 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 All right. So let's uh, let's go ahead and finish up wrestling news and headlines and rumors around the water cooler. Oh yeah. Let's finish it up. Mr. Cage, I'm going to give you the next two, sir. Thank you. Top AEW star, 
not expected to appear live on Dynamite and Collision this week. There had been speculation earlier in the week regarding whether Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks would be appearing on Dynamite following CM Punk's return on Collision last Saturday, since the show takes place also in Chicago. Some of the matches set for the show include Chris Statlander versus Taya Valkyrie for the TBS Championship, and hopefully Taya finally wins the belt. The Hardys versus the Guns, yawn. Zack Sabre Jr. and Daniel Garcia versus Orange Cassidy and Katsuyori Shibata. Hopefully Sabre and Garcia win that match. Jeff Jarrett versus Mark Briscoe in a concession stand brawl and more. As previously reported, sources close to CM Punk expected him to be on Dynamite despite not being advertised. Dave Meltzer reports Kenny Omega will not appear live on either Dynamite or this Saturday's AEW Collision. Well, this is exactly what we were afraid was going to happen, Kentucky guy, and we're seeing it play out right before our eyes. Anytime CM Punk is expected to be in the building, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks are not, are not going to be there. And that's a, that's a darn shame right there, because these three are three of the biggest stars in AEW. They've been there since the very beginning. They have a huge following, and they should be there each and every week. But because because we've got to make CM Punk happy, keep him happy, at a, you know, in, a, in front of the hometown crowd, they're not going to be there. So, I don't know. I'm guessing that there's going to be something going on with Don Callis to further that angle that he has going with the Elite. But it's a shame that they're not going to be there live. Yeah, um... I think this is just another push, and what I mean by that is pushing the elite to WWE. I said it when they talked about bringing them back, when they changed and went back on everything they said, and folks, that's true. That That's not a rumor. That's not uh, anything. That's not from the dirt sheets. That's from the Kentucky guy talking to somebody on site. They completely backtracked. On everything they were they were holding strong for months on CM Punk, and they backtracked on it all because he would not budge on his contract buyout. So, yeah, I mean it's a shame. It's a shame. And then if you're a true WWE fan like myself, it's kind of exciting because you know what's coming. And the, those boys, they're not going back to New Japan. They're not going to Impact if they leave AEW. They're coming to the WWE, Jack, and I'm okay with that. Uh, you've got the next one, sir. Yeah, I mean, just to piggyback off of that, it would be exciting for WWE fans. No question about it. Divisive- that's me. I'm one. <laughs> Divisiveness in AEW is said to be worse since CM Punk's return promo and ESPN interview. I told you Duh. Between those in AEW who don't like CM Punk, which is 80% of the locker room, and the former world heavyweight champion have not improved following his interview with ESPN and his return promo on the debut collision episode. The promo came one day after the interview, which upset people in the promotion. And in his promo, Punk said the line, You know what David Zasloff calls me? One Bill Phil. That's because I am the one true genuine article in a business full of counterfeit bucks. This was a clear shot at the Young Bucks. Divisiveness in AEW is said to be worse now. 
And as previously reported, those close to Punk expect him to appear on tonight's episode of Dynamite. And the Elite will not be appearing live on the show. Um, there's a lot of information here from Dave Meltzer, but he just said uh, the promo made things worse. Yeah, nobody was li- was really like, eh, okay, it's whatever. And then the ESPN story was the talk of the locker room on Wednesday, which led to a lot of issues. I am of the impression that people were expecting worse than it turned out to be. But you still have people who are the people who really like Adam Page were not happy, you know. And I think there's this feeling of everyone there is pretty much told like, Keep the stuff on the inside, on the inside. If it gets out, it's not good for the company. And then the feeling is that one side is agreeing to do that and the other side is not. But the thing is, on both sides, they think it's the other side, so it's becoming, like, a really weird thing. Well, yeah, it is a really weird thing because everybody's got to weigh their words now because CM Punk is back in the company. Um, Obviously, if there's legal reasons that people can't speak up, I totally get it. But... Then you have Punk go out on collision and make reference, make a, a thinly veiled reference to the uh, Young Bucks in his promo. And, okay, so we're just going to let him say what he wants, so everybody else has got to keep their mouth shut. I, I don't think that's fair to the rest of the locker room. No, I don't either. And, you know, he's, uh, I don't know, man. It's, it just seemed like, and I know coll- Collision just aired, so we're talking a lot about, it and CM Punk and Aftermath and so forth. Uh, but I don't, I don't really have anything else to say about this guy. I mean, the elite, everybody knows that that listens to this program or that knows me personally. They know that I'm a huge elite fan, have been for a long, long time, way before AEW ever came into existence. And this guy here, he's, uh, you know, he, he's nothing but a troublemaker, always has been. And he's pretty much showed you that uh, Tony Khan is not running the company. He is. Because he can do whatever he wants and say what he wants. That doesn't drive people to watch. I'm sorry. Maybe back in the day when he used to do the pipe bombs on WWE, that would draw television ratings. Not even people, people were just tired of it. Plus, he's going after popular athletes. If you remember on the pipe bombs that he did, he was going after like John Cena, who the crowd is always split on. Half of them were for him, half of them against them. And other wrestlers who weren't popular. The Elite's pretty much popular in every stadium you go to. So, he's making a huge mistake. Okay, so I've got the next one. Let's see. WWE star reportedly has heat. Heat, heat, heat. But some people backstage. You're going to love this one, Mr. Cage. There are etiquettes in wrestling business that range from how people are treated backstage by shaking hands with veteran wrestlers to the way they interact with the higher-ups. Top Dollar has apparently rubbed people the wrong way, something that was seemingly on display during a recent match that took place on Friday's SmackDown. Pretty Deadly defeated Hit Row and LWO and the Brawling Brutes and the OC, and the Street Profits, uh, in the tag team number one contenders match, column match. Dollar, top dollar, was eliminated in eight, <laughs> in eight seconds after taking a broke kick from Sheamus. While speaking on Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer noted that Dollar has backstage hate. 
Brian Alvarez, quote, This is one of those weeks where they decide every match is going to get two minutes. We had a gauntlet to determine. We had the Street Profits versus Ridge and Sheamus. Ridge and Sheamus won in two minutes. Then we had Ridge and Sheamus versus the Good Brothers, which actually went five minutes. But three minutes was during commercial. So we saw two minutes when Ridge and Sheamus won. Then we had Ridge and Sheamus versus LWO, which Ridge and Sheamus won in two minutes. Then we had Ridge, Ridge and Hit or we had Sheamus and Ridge and Hit Row, which did not go two minutes because Top Dollar hit the ring and was immediately hit with a bro kick and pinned in seconds. Alvarez, eight seconds. It's funny because they were not even advertising the match to begin with. Last week when they did the angle, and I thought, so they're just, Michael Cole seemed to take great glee and Top Dollar getting squashed when he was. It really felt like watching that. Meltzer, well, Cole and the storyline is always bearing Top Dollar. Alvarez, yeah, but he makes uh, he makes fun of his raps. He makes fun of his raps. Meltzer, yeah, well, exactly. But, I mean, the whole thing is, like, he is not very popular with some people. And when I watched the way they did that finish, it's like, man, whatever you've said, man, you've got some enemies on the creative team because this was this was like the burial of all burials. And he's right. He's, he is right. And I haven't liked him. I didn't want him back. Anyways, the whole team stinks. And this guy has an attitude. You could just tell when, even when he was in the ring trying to trying to do promos, he acted like he was a lot better wrestler than what he is. No humble about him. No wanting to learn. Just like I know it all. I'm back. Yeah, you're only back because Triple H thought that he could make you guys into something without your true leader swerve. And Triple H has found out he he's wrong. These guys will never make it as single competitors either. Your thoughts on that headline? Doesn't surprise me. I've been reading on multiple occasions that Top Dollar Top Dollar has heat backstage and he's not well liked. And Hit Row itself has been a complete flop since they came back. I was hoping Sheamus was gonna was gonna bro kick him all the way out of the company, but that didn't happen unfortunately. Um yeah, I don't, I don't like these guys, and I feel like there are so many, so much other talent in the company that deserves the spotlight over them. Yeah, and Triple H, does Triple H fire talent? Man, he, he doesn't fire anybody. Crazy. AEW's Don Callis will be adding more family members to his stable. Don Callis and Takashiti were on Talk is Jericho. Callis said that he will be adding more members to the Don Callis family to combat the elite. Quote, I have no choice for our personal safety because the elite have made it clear from rumors and things that I heard in the dressing room, Callis said. I pay a lot of people here, as you know, so I get the information. Uh, Callis said he has heard things from his longtime buddies in the locker room. He said our buddy, Dr. Luther, is a backstage guy. I've known him longer than I've known you. You don't think I hear things? They're looking to destroy us because we embarrass Kenny Omega. I have no choice for my own protection, for the protection of his, Takashiti, stellar career that's going to take place under me, that we have to have at least even numbers to combat this. 
He continued. Here's the thing. I had a family with one member in it, Kenny Omega, and it blew up in my face. I will not put myself in that situation ever again. I'm going to have a big family. I'm going to have multiple family members, and they're not just going to be anybody. They're going to be the types of athletes like him, Takashiti. They're on the same level or higher than Kenny Omega, and we're going to take care of business, and that's how it's going to be because, again, this is not the friend business. This is a wrestling business. This is the result business, something the elite chose not to pay attention to. So I'm kind of curious to see who he drums up. I actually thought he was going to take the combat club the way uh, the way it was looking, but uh, yeah, okay. I'm not a big uh, Don Callis fan, but okay, let's see what you do. Let's see what you do. And uh, that's the last headline I've got. Uh, your thoughts on it, sir? Yeah, I'm curious to see who he adds to this uh, family, as he calls it, because it's another faction. And, you know, I like factions. Don't get me wrong, Kentucky guy, but sometimes you can have, there is such a thing as having too many of them. So they've got to be careful who they select to join this faction. Uh, I guess there's one school of thought where you could say, Maybe have some other up-and-comers join, join this faction to oppose the elite. But you have to remember, Konosuke Takeshita is still a relatively unknown wrestler. You need to pair him up with people who have a little bit more name recognition to go up against the elite and other factions. So hopefully Don Callis will be a little smart with who he selects for the faction. But I'm curious to see where it goes. And you know what? I'm wrong. That's not the last headline uh, because this coexists with one of your headlines uh, that you've read. Uh, the Young Bucks react to CM Punk's counterfeit Bucks line during AEW collision. Oh, Lord. Let's see what happened here. CM Punk made his return from injury tonight on, or that night on AEW collision, and his comments at the start of the show did not go unnoticed, especially by the Young Bucks. For those of you that missed it, Punk cut a promo. And said the line, you know what David, uh, that slave, calls me? One Bill Bill. That's because I'm one of the true, genuine articles in a business full of counterfeit bucks. It was obvious to everyone that he was mentioning the Young Bucks without outright mentioning uh, the backstage fight that happened at All Out in September. The Bucks commented, comments caused a stir among fans on social media. And the Bucks reacted as well. The Bucks, in a jokingly tone, posted this on their bio. If it were 2018, we'd already have a counterfeit Bucks shirt available <laughs> on PWT. Kill it, y'all. Of course, of course, Punk's line will lead to speculation that both sides have talked things out, and perhaps this can be turned into an angle at some point. Punk claimed during his ESPN interview that he has spoken to the Bucks or Kenny Omega because lawyers have gotten involved and prevented that from happening. It's pro wrestling, so time will tell and never say never on all this becoming an angle at some point. I don't think so. I think it's been gone on. It's too long. It's been going on too long. I don't think it's uh, going to turn into an angle anymore, in my opinion. I, I just, I think it's went on way too long. Your thoughts? 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I think the ship has sailed for this to be turned into an angle. I think at this point, all parties want to just move on and uh, and do other things. Uh, I mean, I don't know what the angle could possibly be at this point. We, everybody knows the pretty much knows the full story. So, what else are you going to tell us that, that that's going to that's going to make us want to tune in each week? Yeah, what yeah. they're going to when uh, they let, say, let's, yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, sir. No, I just wanted to say, let's just, I mean, let's just move on. Let's just get back to making money and entertaining crowds and stop, stop this nonsense where we have to constantly talk about the, uh, the all out brawl. Yeah. I think when they say angle, they mean like bring it to television, act like there's a feud going on, kind of piggyback off in the, the actual brawl that happened. Uh, and I, 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 I'm like you, I, I think it's, uh, I mean, I'm over it at this point, and really, CM Punk just back on TV one time, <laughs> and I'm already over it. So let's just, yeah, let's just. You got a good thing there with Collision, man, and you you loaded that show down. You've got some positives there. Let's let's just run, take the ball and run with it, and not look back. So, but uh, Mr. Cage, that's all I've got for this segment. What about you? Yeah, same same here, Kentucky guy. All right, well, folks, you've been listening to. I guess the Matt Wrestling Podcast. With your host, Donnie Cage and the Kentucky Guy. And as always, folks, God bless and God bless America. Thank you guys so much.